What a good morning. It's great, man. It's nice to get together with you guys. This is the last of the Ironworks until summer's over. So this is kind of our grand finale for now. Uh, but we'll get back together, of course, in September and roll along. We just find that summer's difficult for everybody to kind of get enough time to do everything that we need to do. And, and so, uh, so it'll be good. But I wanted to, I'm all tangled up here. Hold on. There we go. All right. Good. Uh, but um, I, I wanted to kind of have a fun day getting into some breakfast and some time here. But I also have a word, and I'm going to try not to keep it, make it as long. So I've been going kind of long lately on a lot of things. But our last Ironworks was long, and our last prophecy was tediously really long. And um, so I'm, I'm turning a new leaf today. Um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, right. Um, but, uh, uh, but I want to um, share something that it, it's been something that's been somewhat of a theme. And, and it's weird because I haven't purposefully done this. I think it's the Lord saying, I've got something for Athey Creek. Maybe it's not for everybody. I think it is. But I, uh, but I, I know for sure the Lord is kind of saying, Brett, this is something that's on my heart for Athey Creekers. And, um, and it's, it's been permeating almost every study that I've been doing. And, and if you know, we go verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book through the Bible. So it's funny how these things just keep popping up. Uh, even though it's, it's right in the midst of our study. But um, today, uh, you know, uh, I, I've really put the, the idea of, of um, being men of truth. That's kind of the theme. If we're gonna call this iron works uh, something, we're gonna call this one men of truth. Uh, truth is such a key today. Uh, what is truth? You know, uh, even uh, that question was asked by Pontius Pilate as Jesus was standing right in front of him. Isn't that ironic? The Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. There's the truth standing right in front of him, but he couldn't tell, he couldn't see. He had a sense, but he didn't go with what he knew was right. Um, what is truth? Man, we're, we're in, a, in, a, in a day where truth is rare. Uh, I wanna uh, dive into a, a whole book of the Bible. I'm gonna read with you today a whole book of the Bible. We're gonna tackle an entire book. I'm gonna not skip a word. Uh, are you guys ready? This, you said it's gonna be short. Um, yep, whole book. Why don't you turn to Second John with me right now? <laughs> Second John. Right up, if you start with the book of Revelation at the very end and go backwards, you got Jude and then Third John and Second John. So you're getting there if you're close to the end. Second John. Does the world recognize truth? Even as I mentioned Pontius Pilate having Jesus, who's the way, the truth, and life, standing right in front of his face and saying, what is truth? Um, does the world recognize truth? Are we better today recognizing truth than we were two years ago? Five, 10 years ago? Like, it's amazing how truth is so relative today in our world. Relativism has permeated our mindset on everything and, and you know, we thought things were nuts 10 years ago. Um, that was nothing. Like, I can't even believe what's right, hitting us right in the face and people saying, this is truth. And, um, and you know, it, 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 it's starting to permeate every bit of our culture, every bit of our society, um, and the worldviews and the politics and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's just kind of everywhere you look. I, I'm finding it hard to uh, believe anything anywhere, anytime from anyone, except for the Bible. That's what I'm finding. I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know, I'm, I'm closed-minded or, but I kind of am. I'm not trying to say that I, I think I alone have a monopoly on the truth, because I don't, but the Bible does. You know, and if, if you're reading the news and watching that, that bastion of total truth, Facebook <laughs> or Instagram or Man, you know, most people get their news from Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Did you know that? That's where most people get their news, which is the most scary thing I've ever thought of. Especially when you realize um, that there's Soviet Union level censorship going on uh, and a whole group of people are being silenced. Guys like me and Bible teachers and, and others, you know, there's politicians and what have you too. But, but uh, man, when you're only getting a filtered one side of the story kind of thing and the narrative, the narrative? Man, you know, if you, if you uh, look at some narratives, you know, the city of Portland's one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And there's nothing to see here. You know, uh, it, it's hard for me to watch the, the thing that happened on January 6th on our Capitol there in Washington, D.C. and have 
have people call that, um, you know, some, you know, massive act of terrorism. That some people went into the Capitol building and walked around and they stayed between the stanchions. Uh, did you see the footage of that? They walked in, they were going where the tourists are supposed to walk and they walked and they were looking around. There was a couple people that were wacko, of course. And there was, there was some people that I don't even know what their intentions were to be there. There was obviously bad actors in that group, but, but there were tens and of thousands of people just, just there protesting. But, but it's funny, you say, well, Brent, isn't that what they're doing in Portland? Well, Portland, you know, I, what I saw in the Capitol, um, you know, where they, they act like it's some, the worst event that ever happened in the United States, that would have been a good night in Portland <laughs> for the last hundred days, like last year and a half. I mean, you know, um, have you, like, if you ever want to do just a fun field trip, just drive around Portland. Because I know a lot of you guys never even go there. You're like, yeah, that's a whole nother country. Uh, I'm not going up into that land. But it's a wasteland. And it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's quite a field trip uh, uh, to see the syringes just laying everywhere. Like, literally, it's not hard to find piles of hundreds of syringes laying over here next to all these camps and, and you know, stuff. And uh, it, it's, it's just kind of really, really sad to see, you know, some groups saying, this is wonderful. Everything's great. And, and, and people are believing it. Meanwhile, you know, our culture is saying, um, you know, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California and she is gonna do this and she is gonna do that. And, and if you're politically correct, of course you call her Caitlyn and you call her her. But when I say, no, uh, I remember Bruce Jenner who was a he and I ate the Wheaties, man. <laughs> when I was a kid, Bruce was on the cover of the Wheaty box because he was a decathlon stud. It was awesome. We liked Bruce. Well, he's erased now and and it's actually a she, and you're supposed to call Bruce a she, even though we know on every level, biologically, we know scientifically, that everybody who's calling a she is actually a he. What do we do with that as men today? Do you just acquiesce and say, man, I don't wanna make any waves, you know, so I'm gonna say she's running for the governor of California. But as men of truth, is that really, is that really integrity? Oh, Brett, I'm just being kind and loving. That's, that's what the, the churches that have, have embraced things like, you know, the transgenderism and LGBTQ and, and even Black Lives Matter and, and Antifa. Like, it's amazing what people are approving of and trying to be into these days. One of the local churches that I would have sent people to, uh, in fact, I have, I've told people, yeah, man, go, if you live up in that area, go to that church, it's great. But I couldn't believe it when this whole episode started really uh, you know, getting heated, they posted on their front of their webpage the book White Fragility is a good reading. Now, don't get me wrong, racism is one of the most evil things in the history of our country and it still exists and it should not. Of course, that's truth. And when you read the Bible, racism is something that the Bible never condones. And of course, we as Christians, we are, you know, we're to love one another and it doesn't matter who you are, we're gonna love. But, but this whole narrative out there, uh, there's people just buying, you know, you know, if you're supporting Black Lives Matter, do you also know you're, you know, just, you're trying to destruct the nuclear family in the Western civilization. That's what Black Lives Matter stands for, Marxism. Even the foundings of Black Lives Matter, like these are things that, that, that churches, either the pastor is just not doing his homework and he's like, oh yeah, yeah, we, we, we like black people. So yeah, critical race theory, white privilege and uh, you know, all that. Of course, of course, but they haven't done their homework. Be careful what you sign on to and say, yeah, 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 I'm on board. There's a lot of things I'm not on board with and things that a lot of Christians and churches, oh yeah, this is awesome. I've, I start feeling, I gotta admit brothers, man, I feel like the, the, the stingy old man these days. Like I'm the guy saying, no, 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 no. Cause everything's wacko. There's so much that's wacko. Meanwhile, we have the Bible that gives us all kinds of wonderful things about racism and things we can learn about what not to do and things we should stop doing, things that are called sin and evil. Of course, the Bible gives you and me everything we need to know about racism. It's all right here. We, we can deal with it. And if, if people do what the Bible says, racism will be a thing of the past. If we did what the Bible says. But man, 
says, no, 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 no. We know more than the Bible. We have more truth. And so don't call Bruce, Bruce, call her. Now, I, I have to say, you know, some guys, have, we've talked about this among my, my buddies, you know, philosophizing. Should you call him Caitlin? Because he legally changed his name. That is his name. If you want to call him Caitlin, some of us are going, yeah, fine. But I, I can't with integrity as a Bible-believing person and also a guy who loves and believes the science as well, uh, I can't say that he is a she because that's not true. And even though you might be deemed as caring and loving, I think whenever you speak things that are not true, that's deceptive and lying. It's not integrity. And it goes across the board. You know, Israel, it's amazing uh, to see what's happening in Israel right now and, and the narratives that you're seeing. Depend on if you listen to, you know, or watch CNN or Fox News or, or Jerusalem Post or Times of Israel or like, who are you listening to? Palestinian, you know, Times or Al Jazeera, like I, I, I actually read all and look at all those news agencies, um, but most of it's a joke. But man, it depends on who you talk to. The narrative, the oppressive Jews are firing their high-tech missiles and, and flying you know, their, their uh, fighter jets over those poor people in the little Gaza Strip and they're bombing the daylights and they'll show the bombed buildings and, the, and the, the Palestinians carrying the bodies down the streets and those Jews killing. Like, that, that's all the narrative. But it's amazing. Like, if you want to know about the Arab-Israeli conflict, what is true? Well, the truth is one group wants to totally kill and annihilate the entire other group. The other group wants to just simply live peaceably in that region of the world. That's, that's the way it is. One group, Islamic Jihad and Hamas, uh, the Hamas that's firing at this point well over 2,000 missiles across the border from Gaza into Israel, more than 2,000 rockets, I should say, um, being fired in there in the last three days. And, uh, and the Jews are trying to defend themselves. Um, I, I saw the cart political cartoon where you know, it shows uh, Gaza and a rocket f firing over into Israel. Another picture, the next one rocket firing from Hamas into Israel. And then a couple more, shoo, shoo. And then the final one, it shows Israel shooting a rocket, one rocket over to Gaza. And then it shows the news anchor, uh, you know, the Israelis have violently attacked, you know, uh, Gaza. Like that, that's not even that funny because that's exactly what the news people do. Um, I've been there. I, I've spent, you know, over a year of my life in Israel uh, with all my Israel trips, when you put them all together, uh, that's a lot of time over there. And I, and I know, I've been to Ascalon. Uh, I don't take my tour group down there because that's where the rockets fly. But, um, but there, there's, there's people in homes that, are, that, that have, you know, they have to go into their bunkers in 50, you got 15 seconds when those, those rockets are fired. And when the sirens go on, your family has 15 seconds to get in, into one of those bunkers. And, um, and meanwhile, the world says, you know, you Israelis, what does is the, the, the Biden administration say? You guys need to be balanced, measured, measured in your, what? That's ridiculous. That's not true. Um, what's true is if we had bombs hitting Washington, D.C., whoever did that, we would level like we did with, uh, you know, Iraq and, I, uh, and Afghanistan and, uh, you know, things we've just done because, you know, 9-11, uh, we went in on a rampage. And, and I'm not arguing whether we should or shouldn't have done any of that. I'm just saying, um, guess what? Uh, we are total hypocrites when we say Israel measured. If we had our children and wives being blown up in our homes, that's what Hamas targets is people. Uh, the Israelis are targeting weapons, stashes, and, uh, you know, Hamas and, um, you know, Islamic Jihad people in, in the Gaza Strip. It's amazing what is relativism. And we've just kind of all learned to be polite men sitting around, going, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure that, yeah. And people, if somebody says something about Israel or about, a, you know, whatever, the abortion or, or about gay and lesbian issues or Black Lives Matter, we largely have men have just kind of learned to be kind of, don't make waves, don't say anything, don't be, don't be hostile or don't, man, don't say anything true because you might lose your job. Man, the early church would have known nothing of this where we've become, uh, you know, just 
people who kind of have become pacifists when it comes to truth. The, the early church, you know, these, these guys were men that said, we will not deny Jesus Christ. Just say Caesar is Lord. Have you ever read Fox's Book of Martyr, Martyrs? Hundreds of, of Christian men and women of faith who would not say Caesar is Lord when Rome said, no, you can't say Jesus is Lord. Caesar is Lord. But the church was so set on saying Jesus is the truth and we will never deny the truth. And so read Fox's Book of Martyrs, the torturous deaths of Christians that said, we will not deny our faith in Christ. Um, what would they say about us today? A bunch of ninnies. Oh, can't say Bruce Jenner. You, you can't call him a her because that might hurt someone's feelings. But it's, we gotta speak that which is true. Well, see, that's why I've got you here with me in the, the book of 2 John. John's famous, you know, because he was the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. Uh, he was probably, you might even argue, the closest disciple to Jesus. And John was known for, um, in, in his older years especially, for one major theme. Does anybody get, guess what, and, and, and it's not truth, I'm gonna give you that right now. What's the major theme that John the Apostle kind of goes down swinging with this issue? What was it? Love, 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 love. That's what John's thing was. Read First John. You know, beloved, let us love one another. Love, love, love. In fact, history tells us, this isn't in the Bible, but, but uh, uh, you know, church tradition talks about how John, when he was in his 90s, um, after being exiled on Patmos, when he, when he was able to come back, he would travel, you know, to the churches and he would walk in and he would stand in front. And can you imagine, like you're a, a young kid and you're realizing that's John the apostle who knew Jesus, like by this time the church has grown and, and scattering all over the world by the time John's 90 years old. And, and these young guys going, John the apostle's speaking. And here's what he would do. He would get up and he'd say, little children, love one another. And then he would go and sit down. That was his whole sermon. You're like, Brett, you should take a note from that sermon length. Uh, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, but John was known for just love. But if you could say his secondary theme, which I think is so interesting, was that of truth. It wasn't just love. See, love without truth, I call that sloppy agape. It's just love without truth gets wacko. Um, have you heard somebody say, I remember, who was it? One of these country musicians when asked about gay marriage. Uh, I forget uh, who it was, but, um, but she, said, she said, you know, I just, people, I just believe people should love Everybody should have the right to love. Anyone who loves someone, love. And, 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 and she was applauded as an open-minded, loving person because she said, man, two people ought to be able to love one another. Um, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard. What do you mean, Brad? That's horrible, you should say that. Let me ask you this. Is it, is it okay for a 57-year-old man to love a nine-year-old girl? Well, Brett, like a dad love? Well, of course, yeah. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about erotic, sexual, sensual love. Is, is that okay to, 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 of course not. That guy goes to prison and he should uh, for the rest of his life um, because that's just evil. You know, and it's so funny. Those lines are being blurred in our culture. Uh, I told you back in 1997, I've got tape recordings to approve it. Back, remember we had cassette, Athey Creek cassette tapes? We'd pass them around. Um, uh, had boxes full. Now, now my whole life's work is on a little thumb drive, but um, <laughs> used to be boxes. Um, but but uh, back in 1997, I read an article and people left our church when I said this. Uh, uh, um, not unusual to me, but, um, but I, I read an article from the American Psychological Association from their journal how they, they made this study that said older men having sex with young boys is not detrimental to the development of the young boy. And they were, they were arguing for um, pedophilia. And they were saying it's gonna be normalized. And, and, um, and then, by the way, I, I even told this to the congregation when I read that to them, people were aghast. And some people even got, that doesn't, there's no way they said that in the American Psychological Journal. And, and I'm like, it's right, it's right here. And, um, and they left the church in mad. Well, uh, later they did retract that article and, and, and say this was just a study by this group and they were distancing themselves because they, they got a lot of heat for that. But it was in fact a test balloon back in 1996 of coming attractions. 
And I've been saying for years, you know, that idea of love, if it's love, you know, and, and you know, so, so things like uh, pedophilia and, you know, Michael Jackson was part of the normalizing of this, oh, we just, it's just a bed and it's just a, a love or it's being, and everybody's like, oh, Michael Jackson, you know, beat it. And everybody's all excited and happy and wacko, wacko jacko. That's what he was called by people who knew. You see, Brett, that's hateful. No, it's loving, but it's also true. You see, what, it, what true has to also be loving, what, what is loving also has to be true. And this is where Second John comes in. John in First John talks all about love, 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 which is so important, but you also have to have love and truth. I wanna just break this down and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, it says here in John, Second John, verse one, it says, the elder... John's pushing 100 by the time he writes this, by the way, almost 100 years old. In those days, that was a big deal. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth. And not only I, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. Now, by the way, uh, if you doubt me uh, that John was into truth, we, he talked a lot about love, but did you know in the Gospel of John, um, John employs the word truth 23 times. 23 times in the Gospel of John, he says the word truth, talking about the truth. Nine times he says the word truth in 1 John. Five times he says the word truth in 2 John, which is only, you know, this tiny little chapter of 13 verses. And then in 3 John, five times as well. John is all about truth. And I, I gotta say that, that's important because he hung around with Jesus who was the way, the truth and the life. John knew about truth because he'd spent time with Jesus and he knew about love because he spent time with Jesus. So the, the, the second letter here of John is dealing with this balance of truth and love. So right out of the gate, verse one, he's known the truth. Verse two, for the truth's sake. Verse three, in truth and love. This is what this is about. Truth, truth. Now, real quick, who's this lady that he's talking to? Uh, the, the truth is we don't know. You know, he, he says here, uh, uh, the elder to elect the lady and her children whom I love in the truth. And so scholars have debated for centuries, who is the lady? Some, some people believe it's a real lady. Um, it's an interesting thing. Maybe it's a lady that was in the church who had lots of children and he was writing to her. Um, the, the, the word you know, here is this um, um, ekletos, which is an interesting feminine proper name maybe, but it's not used a lot. So we don't really know what this Greek word is. And so that's the confusion, who the woman is. Some people say it was a literal woman and he's writing to her. Others say, no, it's the church. You know, the church is referred to as a bride of Christ and it's like a woman, you know. Um, um, and, um, and some even argue, if you're a Catholic, I've heard this argument that it's the elect lady, uh, the queen of heaven, uh, Mary, mother, mother of Jesus, uh, they say. Um, uh, and, and some, you could actually make an argument uh, that Mary might've been the one he was addressing. Um, not because uh, you're a Catholic, but because, because pass, uh, possibly, you know, John, if you recall, lived with Mary after Jesus uh, died. Uh, and um, there's some links there that you can make. But be that as it may, probably most scholars believe he's speaking of the children of the church of Jesus Christ. Even if that's not for sure, we know because the, 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 this letter of 2 John made it in the canon of scripture. So it's for all, the, all of us. It is for the church. We know that for sure. Who's this lady? Not totally sure. But be that as it may, this made the scriptures and it's here for us to read. But the first few verses here, verses one through three, if you're taking notes, I wanna break this chapter, this book, I should say, into three, three categories. Category number one, what we, write it down, we must know the truth, that's number one. You and I must know the truth. If you don't know the truth, you're sunk. In fact, this whole thing that we're talking about is a waste of time if you don't know the truth. And that's what it says here um, in verse one, but also all they that have known the truth. Now, one thing you're gonna get when you read 2 John, you're gonna see that John sort of speaks of truth like it's a person because it is, right? We have known the truth 
We've known Jesus Christ, the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. You'll see sort of this word truth almost interposed uh, inter, uh, uh, for Jesus. You could say, I'm writing to all these people who, uh, lo- uh, who I love in the truth, but also all they that have known the truth, that have known Jesus really, um, for the truth's sake. That's why he writes this letter. Um, and, uh, and then he nails it down with um, just saying, grace be with you, mercy, peace, from our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and in love. What a balance, those two things balance together. If you have truth, you can become really stingy and grouchy. But if you have truth and love, you've got the balance. If you only have love, you have that sloppy agape I was talking about. So the, the, the balanced man, the man of truth also is gonna be a man of love. Don't forget that. This is something we all have to be careful about. What, what, what's your proclivity? If you say, you know, as the, as the water flows, the gravitational pull in your life, are you more of a truth person or a love person? And, and, uh, and, and you might actually wanna ask somebody who knows you really well, because I've noticed we're not always great at our own assessment. I'm, mis- I'm loving, and your wife's like, no. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, uh, maybe ask your wife, am I more of a truth guy or more of a love guy? And if she says, you know, I kinda see a balance in both, congratulations, you win because that's what the man of God is. He's a man of truth, but he's also a man of love. And, and man, this is the thing I wrestle with because we live in a day where truth is so rare. I feel like for me to preach truth, a lot of people think I'm this hostile guy who's got angry issues or whatever. Nope, I'm just trying to speak the truth, but I'm also doing my best to do it in love. And that's my weak. I naturally flow to the truth and I don't flow to the love part. The whole squishy, gwishy love thing is hard for me. Uh, the best thing that ever happened to me is coronavirus and social distancing. Uh, no hugging, uh, you know, sorry, can't talk to you. Get to, get, uh, I, I like 10 feet. Uh, no, like, like loving is not, uh, doesn't come naturally for me, uh, but it's something that I know Jesus was, so I endeavor to be loving and we all should. But I love, it says, um, the first thing here that John nails down is we must know the truth, the word of truth in this exact form, you know, mentioned here in John, uh, it's, it's, it's so important. Love, by the way, in 2 John is mentioned four times. So truth is kind of the bigger theme in, in 2 John. But God is always love and God is always truth. Do you know that? Um, he never departs one or parts one from the other. He doesn't do that. You know, God is truth, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But God is also love. First John, if you, if you see, you know, here back in the next page behind here, first John chapter four, verse 16, tells us, you know, that, that God is not just truth, but he's also love. It says, we know and have known and believe the love that God hath to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth also in God and God in him. So God is truth, God is love. They both are uh, the same linked together. Um, so, so that's the key. The first thing you and I must do is know the truth. I hope you know Jesus Christ personally. Well, didn't he die 2000 years ago? Yeah, but he rose from the grave and he lives. And he wants to, the Bible says, use like your heart, your soul, the inner part of you to be a place where he, his spirit dwells. But you're a sinner and you need to be saved. And the gospel message is if you accept what Jesus did for you on the cross, that he died for your sins, it says you'll be saved. You'll be forgiven for your sins and Christ will live in you and dwell in you and you'll have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You gotta start with that. Without that, the rest of everything I'm gonna say is a waste of time. I hope you know that. Very important. Well, number one, we must know the truth. John makes that point to begin with. But then we see in verse four, it goes on of second John. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the father. And now I beseech thee lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we have from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love that we walk after his commandments This is the commandment that, as ye have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. This is where John is is making that argument. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be loving. We're supposed to love one another, of course. But he's also saying we're also supposed to keep the commandments. There's a balance here. So if point number one is we must know the truth, 
Point number two, we must walk in the truth. Recently, I did an Ironworks where we talked about our walk, steady progress, walking with the Lord. How's your walk with the Lord? Are you sprinting and then dying with your walk with the Lord? Or are you just walking steady? That's what we need today is men who have a walk. And they walk from the day they're saved to the day they die. And it's not you know, fickle or flighty or up and down. It's just the steady walk. That's what John's arguing for. Men who walk in the truth, men who walk in love. Um, by the way, men who love God and are walking in truth, please God. That, that's, that's something that we know the Bible teaches. Remember Enoch who walked with God and pleased God. But this is the, the walk that we're supposed to have. Um, you know, by the way, when it says that, um, notice how uh, it says, verse four, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in the truth. John, the, one of these, you know, elders of the church said, oh, I just rejoice seeing your, the children walking in truth. Look at Third John, jump ahead to Third John chapter, uh, there's only one chapter, but verse four. He says in, in Third John, Verse four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. The Bible teaches us that there's, you know, no greater joy for John. And you could also believe, because this is the inspired word of God, God rejoices when his children walk in truth. You fathers know what this is like too. You, you, you kind of hear John, you're saying, oh, I rejoice when my children walk in truth. But you dads know when your kids are walking in truth, oh, man, your heart is good. You know that's the best thing when your kids are, but if your kids are not walking in truth, man, you grieve. And it's, it's like the most brutal thing. It, it's a funny thing when, you, when you're a father and, and you have kids, um, something that happens that you don't expect is you start to care less about yourself and you care more about your kids. You know, before your kids came, it's like, what am I doing? What are my career? How much money do I have? Am I a hardworking man? And blah, blah, blah. And you think about it. But then you get your kids, you're like, wait, I just want my kids. Forget my life. I already ruined that. But my kids, <laughs> I want my kids to do well. I want them to walk in truth, you know? And there's something about having kids that makes you start to understand maybe the heart of the Father in heaven. Because I believe it grieves the Father in heaven when you and I are not walking in truth. When we're walking in lies and accepting lies and hanging around with people that are into lies and embracing lies and, and listening to this world, I, I think that grieves the Father. The Lord wants us to walk in truth and in love. So the first thing we need to do is, is know, uh, we must know the truth, but number two, we must walk in the truth. And then the last part of this, verses seven through 11, um, uh, the third section, we must abide in the truth. That's the third and final point. We must abide in the truth. Number one, we must know the truth, verses one through three. Number two, we must walk in the truth, verses four through six. Number, number three, we must abide. What does the word abide mean uh, in truth? Abide means to just hang in there, chill out, get settled, lock down, abide. Just not to be movable, not to be shakable. You and I have to abide in truth. And I'm telling you, brothers, we're living in a day where that's becoming harder and harder. If you're saying, I'm gonna sit on truth, you're gonna have these pulls in your life and they're gonna come from every single direction where you're gonna be challenged to move off of the truth. If the truth is the seat that you're on and you're locked down there, man, your kids' schools are gonna pull. And what your kids are asking, dad, what do I do? Today is gay and lesbian day. And, and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna be silent. Everybody's supposed to be silent at school. Do you realize how manipulative that, that whole thing is? What do they call that day? Uh, silent day or whatever? I forget what it is. But basically, if you go to school and if you're not silent, you're saying, I hate gay people. Like that's what they say which is ridiculous. Um, I, I actually, I know there's people in the world that hate gay people. I've never met anybody who actually hates gay people. Um, the church people that I know, we, we actually say, man, aren't, aren't we thankful the Lord loves all of us? We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Man, man there's no one righteous. So no, none, of, none of us are better or worse than anybody. We're all sinners. And man, we, we love people that are struggling and wrestling with sin because that's just who we all are. Uh, I don't know people that hate gay people, but it's funny, that that's the narrative, that's the lie, getting off the truth. And so if your child goes to school saying, well, uh, what do I do? Am I supposed to be silent? Because then are we sort of living a lie? 
because we don't agree that homosexuality is a wonderful lifestyle. The Bible teaches that it's actually sinful. See, you hate, no, don't say that. We didn't say we hate. We're just saying there's a Bible called certain things sin. But your kid now is suddenly in this hard thing. If they start talking at school like a normal person, they're a hater. See, you're, as a dad, you're gonna have to, what do you tell your kid? Uh, yeah, go and just be silent and, and sort of live the lie so nobody thinks you're a hater. They don't, you make sure nobody calls you a homophobe, even though that's not true. Uh, is that what you're gonna do, dad? Or are you gonna tell them, no, go and talk it up at school and, and say, say whatever you wanna say because you don't believe in that and, and blah, blah, blah. And, th- and then suddenly everybody is mean to your kid and your teachers are, oh boy, this kid, you know, what are you gonna do, dad? See, there's all kinds of polls on, on men today, whether you're dad or not dad, uh, pulling you off the, 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 the seat of truth. I could go in a million directions with this one. Um, the world is just constantly pulling on you as a Christian man to get you off the truth seat. And this last final point is to abide. This is what he says, let's read it. It says in verse seven, because Oh, pardon me, wrong. Wind blew my page. Um, uh, it says here in verse, uh, verse seven, because, wait, where am I? Oh, there it is, sorry. <laughs> for, for many deceivers are entered into the world. What's, what's happened? Deceivers, do you, do you sense that? Dece- are there deceivers in the world? Like I, I read that and almost laugh. Wow, boy, that's an understatement. There's more than a many, there's millions of deceivers. For millions, but this is the word, so I'm gonna read it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. By the way, John was dealing with a group called the Gnostics who believed that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, that he was simply a spirit, and that when he ate food, he just put food up to his mouth and then set it down, but never actually. When he walked in the sand, he never really left footprints. There's this whole crazy Gnosticism That's largely what John was dealing with, but it hasn't really changed all that much from what you and I are dealing with today, where people are denying Jesus Christ, that he came in the flesh. And it says, this is a deceiver and an antichrist. John's the same guy that wrote about the antichrist of the book of Revelation, but he's saying there's this spirit of antichrist on on a bunch of people. By the way, guys, I believe the spirit that we're seeing in the world today, that's untrue and deceiving, we could talk about coronavirus. We could talk about LGBTQ and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and, and Israel and, and um, you know, vaccines. or like We could talk about whatever you want to talk about. And where is truth? Many deceivers have come. And, and there are people that want to pull us off. But how do you know the people that are denying that Jesus is the Christ, that Jesus came in the flesh, that should be a good hint that those people are not leading you to the good stuff. By the way, I'm just gonna say it. The same people in our culture here in America that are saying um, you know, things like Israel doesn't really have a right to exist as a nation or there needs to be a two-state solution, those are the same people that are talking about pro-abortion. They're the same people that are talking about, you know, uh, they're the same people that have kind of an attitude of what makes some of our more uh, troubled cities like Portland, Portland. If you notice, people that, don't embrace Jesus Christ are the same people that have cities like Portland. Um, the people that don't believe in Jesus Christ are like the Gaza Strip where there's total destruction and chaos. You go to you, or other places in the world, you see beauty. And it's so funny how um, I, I got a little A-B compare and contrast. You know, you, you go to like Oklahoma City. And when I was in Oklahoma City, uh, I, I remember feeling strange because I'd pull up to a gas station and the guy would come out, hey, what church do you go to? Praise the Lord, what denomination are you? <laughs> uh, just like everybody in Oklahoma City, it's, the, it's not the Bible belt, it's the belt buckle right there in Oklahoma City. It's like, <laughs> man, it's like you can walk down the praise the Lord, yeah, praise the Lord, you're you know, so it's, like, it's such a, you go to Portland, man, and you're, you're in enemy territory, man. People that believe in and love Jesus Christ, and you walk downtown, you don't, you don't find that group. I'm just saying, if you start taking a, a solid look at people who believe in the truth, Jesus, and people who do not, what's the end result? What are we seeing in the world from those groups? It's kind of funny, because you see anti-Israel, you see 
Pro, Portland, San Francisco, Chicago, uh, these cities that are in total peril. Um, it's, it's a strange thing that I'm seeing. Brett, you're being political. No, I'm, I'm talking about there's people who believe Jesus came in the flesh, died on the cross for our sins, and there's people who do not. And there's a massive gap between those two people groups. <laughs> so let's wrap this up since the alarm just went off there. <laughs> Many deceivers entered into the world. Confess not that Jesus is coming to us. This is the deceiver and antichrist. Look, verse, verse eight, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth uh, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Wait, did you just hear what that, that? If you're not walking in truth, what does that mean? It says, look to yourselves. And this is what I'm wanting us to do today, brothers. Look to yourself, that we lose not the things which we have wrought, but we have received a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, the teaching of Christ, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed, for he that biddeth him God's speed is a partaker of his evil deeds. Wow, this is, a, this is radical, man. This is basically saying, stop playing the game. You and I as men in, in our current modern day have been pressured into sort of acquiescing and not making waves and people who reject Jesus and people who say things that are totally untrue and contrary to the word of God. Remember, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of who? Jesus. The whole book is about Jesus. Anything that's contrary to this book is against Jesus. And, and you and I as men, we, we've been sort of sucked in by just the gravitational pull of secularism, you know, uh, uh, sinful uh, worldviews and politics and policies and attitudes. And, and the problem is a lot of men are just kind of acquiescing these days. But men of truth, according to John here, now again, love, but also truth. It's pretty radical what John just said. Verse 10, if there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, the doctrine of Jesus, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God's speed. If you bid him God's speed, you're a partaker of his evil deeds. See, this, this, this is important because, you know, verses seven through 11, we must abide in the truth. There's, there's, a, there's three things that he says within this, this section of scripture. First, the danger of going back. Um, we see that in verse seven. You know, don't be deceived and sucked in. You know, don't lose, verse eight, the things which we have wrought. In other words, the things that you, don't lose ground. Um, in, if you're in a military battle, you're either gonna gain ground or you're gonna lose ground. So John starts us saying on this, this whole point that we must abide in the truth. Don't lose ground, remain at least where you are, stand firm, you know, the danger of going back. But then he also interestingly says the danger of going ahead. Do you see that? Uh, he says um, there in, uh, in uh, the second part of verse nine, he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the father and son. If you're getting outside or ahead of the doctrine of Christ, that's what I see churches doing by the way. Oh yeah, we believe in Jesus, yeah, 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 yeah. But we also believe in critical race theory and, and uh, white fragility and Black Lives Matter and, and stuff that is kind of contrary to the Bible. Again, I gotta say it again, not the racism part, do you understand that those things that I just mentioned, um, if you know the origins and the people that are pushing these things, it, it really has less to do with race. Like I feel like it's, it's, dealing, it's doing the real problems of racism, it's doing a disservice hugely to the real problems of racism because the things these people are arguing really have very little to do with racism. And it's really tragic and, and, and the church it's not, it's not that they're losing ground necessarily, but it's like they're trying to get ahead of what the Bible says. It's like, we're more enlightened than John was. We're more enlightened today. We know more about you know, the genes and homosexuals and, and DNA, and we know more now. And they're getting ahead of what the Bible says, and that's what John warns. He says, don't fall back, but don't get ahead. But then he also, uh, the, the, the third, third one is don't walk with. Don't hang out with. Don't be partakers with them. 
That's what he said. If, if they come and hang out with you, don't, don't bid them Godspeed. In, in our day, we don't say Godspeed anymore, but you, you know, hey man, go for it. Knock yourself out, do what you want. It's not my business, just go on. Like we don't, we don't bid people Godspeed that are against God. Well, Brett, what are you trying to say? I'm just saying that you and I as men, we need to be not willing to live the lies that, the, that our culture is pushing on us. We need to be living the truth. We need to be men that are all about Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Wouldn't it be something if Athe Creekers, we in this city that we live, in this area that we live, wouldn't it be great if we had just, I mean, we got a lot of guys here this morning. Wouldn't it be great if all of us just said, it's all about us walking in truth, but also in love. You show me a man that's just, just into the truth, uh, he, he's a little prickly, like a cactus. You show me a man that's all about love, oh, he's like a mushroom and I just wanna kinda of squish him. <laughs> but you show me a man that's truth and love, that's, that's a mighty man, that's a powerful man who's standing on the truth of the word of God with the love of Jesus Christ, and, and, and you'll see problems start to fall. The issues with kids and, and the education and our school system and, and what's going on in Portland, if we have truth and love perfectly balanced as men, we're gonna start seeing these wacko things be seen for what they are. But until men are willing to stand up, I think we're just gonna, con I, I see that our society has just fallen hook, line and sinker for everything that they're pushing right now. Uh, unless there's men like you and like me that are gonna say, we're gonna be biblical, we're gonna follow God's word, we're gonna be men of love and kindness, but also of truth, that's the balance. And, and here's what I want you to pray about this summer as we're going through summer, because these have been weird days, lockdown, coronavirus, uh, all this stuff. These have been, this has been a weird year, but I, I wanna challenge you uh, to do this, to stay sharp, stay sharp. You know, uh, that's been our theme, you know, uh, Proverbs 27, 17, uh, that we stay sharp. And, and how do we do that? As iron sharpens iron. Um, it's an interesting thing that they, they talk about. And by the way, in Bible times, they did it that way. We, we have different ways of sharpening, uh, but they, they did use iron to sharpen iron in, in biblical times. The Philistines, actually, you can read about it. But, um, but all that to say, you and I, we need to keep sharpening each other uh, and, and stay sharp. We need to sharpen the countenance of our friends, our brothers in the church. And I wanna encourage you to encourage each other. We need to start encouraging each other. I think just very, very clearly saying, man, let's stand on the truth. Um, like encourage your brother. Maybe if you see a brother starting to acquiesce and say, you know, Bruce Jenner, she's running for, you know, maybe if you pulled your brother, if you know he's a Christian, pull him aside and say, you know, as a Christian, we're men of truth. And should we speak the truth? Like call, lovingly, call him out lovingly and say, Shouldn't we stand on truth and what is really true? Because that's what Jesus did. That's what John told us to do. Let's not, let's abide in the truth like Second John. 2 John. And, and, and come alongside of each other and encourage each other. Um, it, it might go deeper than that. Um, if, if a man in our church is loving, if he was just a jerk and he got fired, he probably deserved it. But if he got fired for speaking truth, I hope that there's a hundred men in our church that will hire that guy once he gets fired for working in Intel and saying, I'm, I, I cannot call that man a woman because that's not true. You're fired, because that's what they'll do at Intel. Um, and then, then, then I hope that our brothers will come alongside each other and stand with each other in the truth. I think these days we're living, you might think I'm crazy, but I think the days we're living, we could see real persecution in the near future. I really do believe that. Um, and that's why I want, us to lovingly come alongside of each other. And, and, and man, if somebody gets worked over, uh, I feel bad, you know, that bakery couple up in uh, Gresham, uh, what was that place called? Um, Sweet Cakes. Um, they got worked over, man, uh, horribly so. And they got fined this activist judge, what was $135,000, shut them down, the whole thing. Because they, 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 they had baked cake for gay people before. It's just that this particular cake was gonna be offensive to what they believed. And so they said, we, we really can't do that. And they stood on the truth and they got worked over. And, and I don't know, you know, like, um, you know, I know a lot of us tried to help and we all chipped in and stuff, but I think the church, we gotta kind of stand with each other. In the early church, when they got into persecution, man, they huddled up and helped each other. 
and, and made sure that nobody was going down. I think the days are coming, brothers, where you and I might have to think differently and not be so isolated and think, how can we be a part of God's church? And because of truth, truth and love, it's gonna cost some of us. And we're gonna go through some difficult times. I, I see that around the horizon. I hope not, pray, pray that it doesn't happen. But at the same time, if it does, usually where you find persecution in the church, you find solid brothers that are men of truth and men of love. So bring it on. If, if the Lord wants that to happen, uh, I say bring it on. And, and, but, but I think you and I need to ready ourselves to be men of truth, men of love. Don't acquiesce, don't equivocate or waffle in things that are true or false or whatever. Stand on the truth. Make sure, by the way, you're standing on biblical truth. If you think I'm saying, yeah, Brett, preach it, QAnon. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying Republican or Democrat or conservative or liberal. I'm not saying that, I'm saying biblical. We're, we're, we gotta stand. So you know what's funny, guys in this room, we all have different opinions about a lot of things. That's true. But one thing that we cannot mess around with is biblical truth. So forget some of this other stuff. If you wanna be a QAnon person or a progressive liberal, that's up to you guys. But my advice is to say, let's make sure, and, and if I'm gonna die on the battlefield, I'm not gonna die on the battlefield of immunization. I know that some of you feel strongly about that. I'm not gonna die on that battlefield. There's plenty of other battlefields that I'm gonna die on. And I'm gonna die on the battlefields that are in the Bible. Jesus is God in the flesh who came and died on the cross for the sins of the world. And anybody who confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, Lord Jesus, they're gonna be saved. I'm gonna die on that battlefield. I'm gonna die on the battlefield that we're to love one another. We shouldn't be hating anyone. We should love everyone. And, and like the Lord says concerning racism, there's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female. Like in, in God's economy, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. The end, that's what we are. Uh, that's biblical truth. Forget all the other stuff. Um, I'm gonna stand and die on that battlefield. So be careful, choose your battles biblically. Uh, that's important. I think this is kind of an introduction to what the Lord's stirring here at Athey Creek um, uh, and, and maybe further studies, maybe prayer about it. But would you pray about this with me over the summer? Uh, let's, let's be in prayer. Let's stand on the word in Jesus' name. Lord, how we're so thankful for biblical truth. Lord, your, your word has never disappointed us. You've never been proven wrong or inaccurate or uh, incorrect in any way, shape or form. And Lord, our goal is to be men of truth, men of love. Help us with this. Lord, I pray that you'd show us where we've been a little stingy on things that are not even really true. Help us to, um, as men, know how to have that perfect balance of love as well, Lord. And just bless my brothers. Give them boldness in these days. I pray that their boldness would also be sort of covered in, in love and kindness. Lord, just protect our homes, our families, this church, your people. We just wanna give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen.